Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. It's an, it's an old hymn. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's grave. Yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. Thank you so much, Ms. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John as we continue our study in the last chapter in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. We're going to be looking at a very very tender and yet very powerful, powerful piece of Scripture here, a section of Scripture in the life of the Lord Jesus and, and the, the Apostle Peter. And it provides for us a tremendous, tremendous, several, several tremendous lessons and truths that we should both contemplate and remember and review on a consistent basis. Of course, we want to welcome everyone here this morning and those listening by podcast and over the internet. Our goal, of course, is always to glorify the Lord by preaching and sharing God's love. Our goal is for people, boys and girls of all ages and all cultures and backgrounds in every station of life to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Everyone needs to know that God loves them and cares for them, desires the best for them. And so if you're here today or listening by podcast, internet, and you've never given your heart, your life to the Lord Jesus, We pray that today will be the day that you will give your life, your heart, your future, your present, your all, to Him. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus and we thank you for your love. We thank you, O Lord, for the blessing of life, forgiveness, the hope for an eternal tomorrow. Lord, you give us so much, and we take so much for granted, we pray. Forgive us. Help us, Lord, as we study your word today to apply it to our own individual lives, 
and help us also to take your holy word and to share it with others that they too might come to know your tender love, your healing love, your compassionate love, your forgiving love, oh, your accepting, reconciling love. Oh, Father, we are so privileged and so fortunate to know you and to know that you love each one of us. Now, Father, as we study your word, we pray that by God the Holy Spirit, you will enable us to understand and that what we understand, we will apply in such a way that we bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, for it's in his name that we pray and give thanks. Amen. So John chapter 21. And um, let me put my specs on here for just a moment. Now remember, recall that last week we looked at this, this breakfast by the sea. Jesus was there on the beach and, and uh, seven of the disciples were out in a boat and they were, they were fishing and they'd been toiling all night and were frustrated. And early, early in the morning, he calls out to them. Have you any fish? any food, anything to eat? And of course, that short answer, no. And he says, well, throw the net on the other side, on the right side. And when they did that, immediately the, the net was, was filled with fish. They cast the net in, in obedience, and, and the, the result was the Lord blessed them with this abundance of fish. And then, of course, John, the apostle, discerning that it was Jesus who was on the shore, said, It is the Lord. And immediately, Peter grabbed his, his outer uh, clothing, threw it on, and jumped into the water and swam to shore. Because Peter was a man of action. When they got to shore, Jesus then invites them to bring some of their fish because there he was cooking fish and bread, preparing breakfast. Now, stop for a moment and consider what that would have been like. To have the Lord of all creation. <laughs> Here is the creator of everything that is in existence. And the humility of the Lord. He stoops to cook breakfast for these disciples. And of course, as they come, the, the scripture tells us that basically they didn't want to ask him who he was because they, they knew who he was. <laughs> All right. They bring some fish and he, he invites them, gives them the opportunity to invest in in that meal. And then we have this very special, tender, and yet a time of accountability between Peter 
and the Lord Jesus. So let's begin verse 15 in John chapter 21. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. So here in verse 15, Jesus asks Peter a personal question. Simon, do you love me more than these? Now, that question and the answer to that question could apply to the several different things. It could apply to the fish. Recall that Jesus had said, well, Simon, I'm going to teach you to be a fisher of men. It could have been the activity of, of fishing and the boat and just that whole experience. But more than likely, it really appeared or uh, was with reference to the other disciples. Now, why do we say that? Do you recall when Jesus was explaining what would happen to him in the future? And there, as they talked, Jesus said that he would be betrayed, he would be denied. Do you recall what Peter said? Peter said, that he would never betray the Lord, that he would never deny the Lord. He said, all of these guys might do that, but I won't. If I have to die with you, I will. Well, let's, let's turn to, to Mark so that you can, you can read that for yourselves and see. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And uh, beginning at verse 27, right after the, uh, the Lord institutes the, the Lord's Supper, here, 
It says, verse 27, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Or in other words, I won't stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke, that is, Peter spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, likewise. Now back to John. You see, we believe that, that, that here what Jesus is doing with Peter, he's dealing with him at the situation that occurred because what do we know? What happened that night? The night that the Lord Jesus was arrested. The Apostle Peter denied knowing him. And he did so three times. And after the third time, immediately the rooster crowed. And the Bible tells us that, that Jesus and Peter saw each other when that happened. Can you imagine what, what transpired when they saw each other face to face, eye to eye? And the Bible tells us that Peter went out and wept bitterly because he knew what he had done. And he knew who Jesus was and is. And so the Lord here, he asked Simon this personal question, but I want you to, to notice in the Greek, and, and you know, scholars debate and they go back and forth because you have several words for love in the Greek language. And they say that oftentimes both agape and phileo were used interchangeably. But I like the way that A.T. Robertson, Greek scholar, discusses it. Because notice that Jesus uses the term agape when he's, when he's referring about love. And he's asking about love. And this, this word agape means the, the self-sacrificing love that defines the kind of love that God has for us. And the fullness of the expression of God's sacrificing love we find in Jesus Christ who was willing to go to the cross and sacrifice Himself to give up His life for us even though He was innocent. See, Peter said, even if I have to die, I will not deny you. That's agape. However, when He was put to the test. And Peter realized that too. And notice how Peter responds. Respectfully. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you, but the, the, the description of the love that Peter gives is phileo. Phileo is the brotherly love, or the love that you 
you would have for a family member or, or for a dear, dear friend. But as Jesus explained, it's rare for someone to give their life for someone else. That is rare. And you know, when you think about the soldiers, both, both men and women, people in the military, and police officers who put on that uniform day after day, the firefighters who go out day after day after day in spite of all of the criticism and all the lies that are being perpetrated. Love for their fellow human beings. But Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he speaks of an, of an intimate love that, that exemplifies a relationship between peers. Understand? And, and as A.T. Robertson says, he says, Peter has learned the lesson of humility. See, prior to the cross, he was this great, big, proud guy. I would never deny you. Filled with his own pride. And yet, when put to the test, even the Bible says, when this little damsel, this little, this little young lady said, aren't you? Yeah, you're one of those, those Galileans. You're, oh, no. And he began to curse and swear, all, say all kinds of things. He can't bring himself to say, yes, my love is a self-sacrificing love. He learned humility and he learned it the hard way. And then Jesus goes on and he says, feed my lambs. That's the little ones. Huh? He's talking about preaching and teaching and nurturing. See, it's a, it's a nurturing ministry. When someone comes to know Jesus as, as safe, they're a, they're a little lamb. You might be 75 years old, but if you've just come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a lamb. You are a, a babe in Christ. You may be a senior in terms of life, but you are a babe in Christ. And Jesus gives to Peter this, this ministry of nurturing, of teaching, and of preaching. Now, how do you teach little lambs? How do you teach? And we're using lambs in terms of, of little ones. And so it's easier for us to consider little, little kids. How do, you, how do you teach little kids? Can you expect from, from little kids what you would expect from adults? No, but I dare say that there are some little kids who are more responsible and better behave than some adults. But with patience and kindness, yet firm then. Being firm, but, but merciful. And intentional. We use that word in, intentional. Teaching and nurturing with intent. And, and considering what should be taught and, and why 
should that information be taught, and how should the lambs be taught, which requires preparation. But Jesus had, had prepared Peter, as well as all the other disciples, and the apostles especially, because for three years they, they walked and they, they visited with Jesus, they heard him preach, and they saw how he interacted with people. How he loved on people and how he, he took those little lambs, if you will, the babies, the children, and he took them up in his arms and held them. And you'll recall when they, they were bringing the kids to Jesus to bless them and, and the disciples, what did they do? They tried to keep them from coming to Jesus. In other words, don't, don't bother him. And he said, no, no, let the little children come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And we move on to the second question. Jesus asks Peter a second personal question. Simon, do you love me? Again, that's that agape. To which Peter responds the same way. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, the term phileo. Honesty. Peter was being honest. He knew in himself that, that he had failed the Lord. He knew that. And having known that, how could he say then that his love was such that he was willing to give his life? But notice Jesus responds, tend my sheep. Now the word that's used here in the Greek is actually the word from where we get our word pastor. It means to shepherd, to tend or to, to shepherd. Notice what he says, tend to my sheep. Now these are a little older folks, okay? <laughs> All right, these are, these are ones who, who may have been in the church for a while. Some may have been in the church for a long while. But he's supposed to pastor them. It's a pastoral ministry, which includes all of the different events and things that go on in the, in the life of a church. A business meeting, committee meetings, weddings, baby dedications, funerals, you name it, on and on and on. He gives Peter this, this expanded ministry. But he goes on and asks him a third question. That third question. Now, pay real close attention here. Notice, Simon, do you love me? Notice the, the word that's used. Stop for a moment and consider if God said everyone is going to have to become perfect before I will save you. That's an impossibility. God came down to our level 
to save us. Jesus, who existed from eternity past and will always exist into eternity future, who is without sin, came into the world. He came down to our level. He became a man. The Bible says that he, he emptied himself. He emptied himself. And he, he put his divinity to the side. And he went to the cross as though he were guilty for the sin of the entire human race. There upon the cross, the Bible says, he who knew no sin, he had never sinned. He was not guilty. But he went to the cross in our place. And he comes down to Peter's level and he says, all right, Peter, that's the level of your love. Is that the level of your love? You, you love me? And notice with Peter, he, Peter's grieved. There's, there's emotion there. There's, there's remorse. He knows what's going on. It's a painful reminder of, of what he experienced just a few days earlier. You know that Peter was aware of his own failure, of his own sin. He's convicted. The genuine honesty and humility. And how does Peter respond? Lord, you know all things. Jesus is Lord. He's omniscient. He knows all things. And Peter acknowledges that Jesus knows everything. You see that? He's acknowledging the Lord's divinity. He's acknowledging the fact that He is God, the Son, the Savior, and He knows all things, and that He knows what's in the heart of Peter. Peter knows that on that night that he, that he denied the Lord, that he went out and wept bitterly, he knows that the Lord saw him and knew exactly what he was experiencing as he wept those bitter tears. He knows all of the emotion. He knows all of the frustration, all of the sense of failure that, that Peter was experiencing. Everything that went through his mind, his heart, his emotion, his body, Peter knew that the Lord knew everything that he had experienced. And he says, you know that I love you. And Jesus responds again, feed my sheep. Part of that pastoral ministry is preaching and teaching and discipleship. And what was he to preach and what was he to teach how was he to disciple? He was to do what Jesus did with them. He's to preach and he's to teach the word of the Lord. The promises of God. What was Jesus doing for Peter? He was restoring him. He was restoring him and recommissioning him and even expanding the ministry into which he called Peter. Yes, they're called to be apostles. Sent ones. 
Those who are sent with the message. And what is that message? The message is a message of hope. A message of love. A message of forgiveness and, and restoration. Or maybe you're here today or, or listening by podcast over, over the internet. And you think or believe that you have failed beyond the reach of God. That is not correct. No one is beyond God's reach. No one is beyond the love of God. I love that, that hymn, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Here, Jesus, he, he restores Peter. Peter's forgiven. And notice, in that same verse, verse 18, he says, feed my sheep. It's to feed them with the word of God. It's to feed them the truths of God. But then he goes on and he, he describes events in Peter's life, both from the past and then into the future. Notice what he says. When you were young or younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. In other words, you did what you want. You were young. You, you were able to do whatever it was that you wanted to do. Ah, but when you're older, the time's going to come when they're going to basically arrest you bind you or handcuff you if, if you will and they're going to lead you to where you don't want to go and the apostle Peter was crucified that's how he died the tradition has it that Peter was crucified upside down he felt that he was not worthy to be crucified in the same manner of his Lord Jesus. And you see, what Peter learned there, and what was Jesus telling him, this, this phileo love was going to grow through his life eventually, and the day would come when he would grow into this agape love, this love, this self-sacrificing love, and he was going to give his life for his Lord. Tremendous growth in the life of the Apostle Peter. Jesus describes how Peter will glorify God. Now, now he didn't come out and say, this is how you're going to glorify God, the Father. But he explained to him what was going to happen in his life. And how do we know that? Well, that next verse says, this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, here is Peter's recommission. Follow me. Now we need to read on just a little bit more here before we get to that, um, that last point there, D. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. And again, we remember we mentioned that this is the Apostle John who is actually the one who wrote the, the Gospel of John. Now bear in mind that Jesus has, has just taken Peter through this, this experience of, of dealing with what he's been experiencing over the last week or so. He's forgiven him. 
and he's recommissioned him. All right? And you know that Peter's a man of action, and he always has a tendency to speak before thinking. So it says, Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? What about John? Now notice what Jesus says to him. Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. Or in other words, mind your own business. Yes. <laughs> he just went through this experience with the Lord. He's been restored. He's been recommissioned. Now he wants to know, well, well, and of course, he understood what Jesus was talking about in terms of his future. So he says, well, well, what about him? What's going to happen to him? <laughs> and it goes on. Then this saying went, among, uh, went out among the brethren that this disciple, that's John, would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? Or what business is it of yours? What business is his life to you? You follow? You follow me. That's what Jesus told him in verse 22. And then, this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. There, the Apostle John. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So Peter receives a correction and a directive. He's, he's corrected in that he's to mind his own business. And he's given a directive. And what is that directive? Follow me, Jesus says. Follow me. What's involved in that, in that follow me? You think about that. Now, is Jesus said that we're not to be concerned for one another? No, he's not saying that. What's the, the second commandment? We're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen? But what lessons do we learn here from, from this entire passage that we looked at? First of all, God loves us. And because He loves us, He holds us accountable for our good. Amen? But notice, He does so with dignity. Jesus never robbed Peter's face in his failure. You notice that? He didn't wag his finger in his face like so many parents do to their children. You know, he didn't grab him by the ear and, and you know, pull him around and, and scold him and do all that kind of stuff. He didn't say, oh, don't you feel ashamed of yourself? And you're so terrible. You know, you're so uh, uh, irresponsible. Did he do that? No. Just like when the father went into the garden. Now he knew where Adam and Eve were. And he just said, Adam, where are you? And you know the response. Well, they were hiding in the bushes. 
because they were naked. So, well, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you that you shouldn't eat of? You notice he, did, he didn't go in there. He didn't just barge into the garden and, and then start hollering and shouting, etc., etc. And Jesus certainly didn't do that with Peter. He did not demean him. Because God's goal is not to demean us. God's goal is to edify us, to build us up into what He created us for in the beginning. His intent for our lives. We're to grow, to grow, to become more and more and more like our Lord. That's what it means to, to follow Him. And then God forgives. God our God is, is a forgiving God. He forgives. He restores. And He makes us useful for service in His mission. And who in this room or who on the face of the earth can say that they've never failed God? We have all failed. We all know the pain and the misery, the guilt, the frustration, the anguish, just like Peter. And who in here has not wept bitter, bitter tears? But our God forgives. Our God is a forgiving God, and people need to know that God loves them and is willing to forgive. He sent His Son to die upon that cross because He loves us so. He is such a loving and giving God. And then, Jesus, love for our Lord Jesus is a prerequisite for service. You notice that? Jesus didn't say, now Peter, did you memorize every one of those parables that I, that I shared with the people during the three years that we walked together? Did you memorize all the table of the various Christian doctrine? And can you tell me all of the books of the Old Testament in order? <laughs> you notice... What, what was it that he asked Peter? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Love is for Jesus is the prerequisite for service. And, and this love, this love is made possible by the presence and the power of God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. It is God the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God the Father, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus, one in the same, who, who courts us, he, he, he speaks to us, and He illuminates us. And, he, and, and here's the thing, God gives us only the amount of light that we need for the moment, and in the moment in which we need it. Now, I don't know a whole lot about photography. Mike had 
tell you all kinds of stuff about photography. But I do know this. Remember in the olden days, if you exposed film that you, you know, that you had used to take pictures with, if you exposed it to light, what happened? It ruined the film, didn't it? And yet, in that dark room or, uh, where they're, they're doing things, they have to use a certain kind of light, I guess, and, and work to, to expose just, just enough light. You get the picture, no pun intended there. Okay. But, but God the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us light, and, and light in terms of understanding, opening the understanding of our, our minds, our hearts, our spirit, our soul, our very being. He enables us to recognize Jesus as the Lord and to truly look at ourselves and to be honest. Like Peter, and like that man who said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. It's God the Holy Spirit. And, and when we love the Lord, and when we're honest with, with Him and with ourselves, then the Holy Spirit is able to produce that marvelous fruit in our lives. And as we grow, and as we mature in the Lord, we become even more useful and more fruitful in the ministry and in the mission of God. Now notice D, we're to mind our own ministry. You follow? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for others and be concerned or love them. We're, we're, we're to love one another and we're to pray for one another and, and support one another. But it's not our job, guys, says, well, well, why are you going over there? Well, because I believe that's what the Lord would have me to do. Well, I think you ought to stay over here. Well, who are you to tell him what he's supposed to be doing in the ministry or the type of ministry? You follow? We have the example right here when, when Peter says, well, what about him? Jesus said, basically, mind your own business. And lastly, remember that God knows our past, our present, and our future. And I should have put at the end of that what Jesus says to each one of us, follow me, that is, follow Jesus. Amen? And that follow, follow him to the cross. We follow him to the grave. We follow him to the resurrection. We follow him to the ascension. Our work on earth is not done until the Lord takes us home. And even then, our work will not be done. We will be working and serving and ministering in the kingdom of God for all eternity. Now, I'd like to close with this, this phrase. And, and uh, Brother Roger read it this morning out of our, our Sunday school lesson. It's a, a great phrase, and I hope I don't uh, misquote it here. But it goes something like this. For those who believe or those who accept the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the cornerstone. See, he's the foundation of our lives, the foundation of our salvation. 
But for those who reject Him, He's the millstone who will grind them to powder. But that's not what He desires to be. And so we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And the invitation is, is, is the Lord's invitation to come to Him. Just like the Lord Jesus invited these, these disciples to come and have, have breakfast with Him there on the shore, so He invites us to have fellowship with Him, to enter into a, a relationship, a dynamic relationship, one of, of love and one that continues to grow, to blossom and to produce to the glory of the Lord. Let's stand, please, as we sing. Whatever decision it is that you need to make today, accept Jesus as your Savior. Follow Him in believer's baptism. Join and become a, a, an official member of the church, whatever the case might be. You come to Him as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.